We uh, are on Thanksgiving week, and I'm pretty excited that today we get to kind of wrap up this series, Love Your Neighbor, through this avalanche of generosity that we're going to do today in blessing our community. I love it. Uh, why do we want to be generous today? Well, we should be generous every day, right? But why are we going to do that today? Not so much because we're good people. Not say anything about you, but you know, that's not the reason. It's not even because of great need exists in our city, but it's because of God. It's because of God. God's extravagant generosity towards us compels us to be extravagantly generous towards other people. It's what God has done for us that moves us and compels us and, and, and causes us to want to reach out to serve, to love, and to give. So the reason that we're excited about this series and amped up about today is that we get this opportunity to collectively, all together, show in a very tangible and practical way that we love our city, we love people. You know, it doesn't matter whether or not people know God, love God, or whether God matters to them, people matter to God. So, when describing Christians, many people who don't know God will often associate Christianity with things like a political bent or with like what, what Christians are against. Or sometimes uh, maybe you've come across this where it's Christians think in this box that's very dogmatic and very narrow. But oftentimes Christians are not actually being known for what they're actually for, loving everybody always. That as Christians, we are to be the most generous and loving people within the city. And that's risky. And that's difficult. And that's not always easy. Because Jesus has called us to love people, yes, that are in our family circles and friendship circles, and maybe even in our neighborhood, but also people that are very different than, than you or me. People that might not look like you, might not have your lifestyle, not have your values, not even uh, worship your God, but people who are all over the place with different kinds of sets of values and ideas that we are called to love everybody always, even difficult people. Yes, even people, Jesus said, would be classified as your enemy. So who is that for you? When you think of who's a difficult person, a person that just rubs on you like sandpaper, maybe it's at your school or in your job, possibly they're sitting next to you, but please, no comments. I know for me, you know, in my neighborhood, I had a guy that used to come out and get on his lawn and get up right next to the street, and he would monitor my speed going by. And that bothered me, you know, because it pushes every rebellious button within me to want to kind of gun it when I get near him. And sometimes he would yell at me and it just was this difficult person that I had to learn to love. And then there's, uh, there's this guy at the health club. And you've noticed we have this big, huge tournament going on over there today. That's why we had some parking issues today. But uh, so hopefully that'll all be done by next week. On your way out, make sure to turn right uh, to get out of here. It's going to be much quicker and safer. Even if you have to go north, turn right. It'll be easier. But anyways, uh, I was at the health club. I work out over there. And uh, so I was taking a shower afterwards and in, in the shower. So for those of you who don't know, you know, it's public showers. Uh, some, I, I hear the ladies' bathrooms have individual stalls. 
uh, for showers, but not in the guy's bathroom. That's not how it works. And, and so we're in there, and I'm in there, and I'm washing off. It's just me and this older guy, and he's brushing his teeth in the bathroom, in the, in the shower right next to me. And I mean, he's going for the full lather effect, you know? Like, he's smiling, and he's just kind of going after it. It's like a whole uh, can of whipped cream blew up in his mouth or something. And he kind of spits right there in front of me into the drain. And I'm like grossing out, creeping out, like, hey, that's why we have sinks. Go over and use the sink. And he just wasn't going to have anything to it. So he keeps doing that. Well, the next day, I think I'll just overlook it today. I go in the next day, he's doing the same thing. Next day, the same thing. We kind of keep having these words back and forth. I'm getting a little perturbed. You know, I'm thinking, man, that's go over and use the sink. What else are you doing in the shower that I don't know about? You know, and, and uh, so finally, he comes in, and, and I didn't have my flip-flops on. And he's like, violation, hypocrite, hypocrite. You know, he starts pointing to me. It's a super awkward moment. I'm very vulnerable in the shower, you know. And here we're going to have this throwdown with the older man. I had to end up apologizing to him. You know what I found? This is shocking to me, but I found that I'm sometimes the difficult person. (laughs) Go figure. I always thought everybody likes me, but not so. Not so. At least not that guy. Who is it for you? Who is it in your life, in your circle, that is difficult to love, and yet God has called you to love them anyways? God's Love isn't just for people who are easy to love. God's love isn't just a feeling. It's a choice. It moves against fear. God's perfect love is radical. And it gives it away to people who often don't deserve it or will never thank you for it. Listen to these words that Jesus spoke. I think some of the most radical words he's ever spoke. Matthew chapter 5 Starting in verse 43, he said this. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus is saying, human love will only go so far. Human love will love those that are good to them. You know, if you're not too annoying, then I'll give you some love. But if you are, and if you're considered an enemy, by no means am I required to give you any love whatsoever. And Jesus said, not in his kingdom. That's not how it works. And I would say, God, without you in my life, without you giving me power to do that, without you loving me and loving through me, there's no way I'd be able able to ever do that. When my son, Zach, was seven years old, we were living in Prescott, Arizona. He had a friend by the name of Lewis, and Lewis would come over and play. And Lewis was one of those difficult kids that would come over and was in his life, but we're like, ah, it's all right. 
let him come over, let him play, hang out with him. Well, one day, Lewis wasn't getting his way, and he's, he hauls off and he just punches Zach in the face. And Zach is like stunned. He'd never been punched in the face before. And he's just clocked his, you know, his, his brain is ringing. And he's thinking, what do I do? And he just broke into tears and he was embarrassed. And so I come and I talk to Lewis and I'm like pretty mad at Lewis. And I'm like, Lewis, you need to say you're sorry. And he, he, uh, he just refused. He got angry at me and he, he ran out the door. Later that night, I'm talking to Zach. He's going to bed. We're talking. I'm thinking to myself, okay, we got to have a little talk about some self-defense. we got to have a little talk about how to toughen him up and get him ready for the next time Lewis is over, you know? <laughs> and unfortunately, I had been in quite a few fights growing up as a kid, and so I had a few things that I thought I could pass on, some useful information. <laughs> We're sitting on his bed, and he asked me, what do you think I should have done, Dad? What should I have done? And my mind's just kind of reeling, just thinking, what, what should I tell him? He's seven years old, you know. I don't want him to grow up being bullied. And then those words, you probably know them. You know, if someone slaps you on the cheek, go ahead and turn your other to him. And I thought, that is the stupidest thing I've ever <laughs> heard of. Come on. So, you know... I went ahead and said that to him. I said, this is what Jesus teaches. And he's, I said, you did the right thing. You didn't hit him back. And uh, he's like, wow, Dad, love hurts. It does, doesn't it? Love hurts. I mean, you know, the, if you're a mom and your your son or daughter got into drugs and ended up addicted and kind of went through that cycle of in and out and using you and your, your heart is breaking for them, love hurts. Or if you were in a friendship circle and all of a sudden for no reason that you could even figure out your friends outed you and now you're just on the outside looking in, love hurts. Or maybe you're at work and you're overlooked for promotion and the person who played you and kind of spread rumors or lies about you ends up with the same, the very promotion that you deserved. Love hurts. I think God understands love hurting when he hung on the cross through his son, dying for you and me, for our sins. We didn't deserve forgiveness. We didn't deserve his love or his grace, but he poured it out on us anyways. I think about Bob Goff. The guy, that guy's crazy. Um, but he wrote Love Does. He wrote Everybody Always, where we were kind of inspired for this particular series. Bob used to be a lawyer in a very successful law firm, but he was called to do something else. He, he noticed uh, some of the, the immense suffering of the children in the world through human trafficking. And through his organization called Love Does, he began to address this issue of human tra slavery and trafficking. And he ended up in the country of Uganda where he noticed that there was another form of abuse that was going on there. Many in Uganda believe in witch doctors and in dark magic. And the traditions teach that the genitals of a young boy taken through child sacrifice would bring them luck. And people were terrified of these witch doctors. This is a real thing going on. And of course, they were super fearful of a curse or some demonic thing or, or even just physical harm coming against them. Well, eight-year-old Charlie became a victim of this tradition. He was walking home from school one day. 
abducted by Cobby, the most feared of all the witch doctors. And Cobby took him into the bush and cut off his private parts and left him there to die. But Charlie didn't die. He didn't stay in the bush. He fought pain and severe blood loss, and he walked back home. And he gave Bob Goff something that Bob needed to prosecute, and that was evidence. And Bob Goff wanted to bring this person to justice, Cobby, the witch doctor. Nobody in that country was willing to do it, but Bob, as a, as a successful lawyer, was willing. He asked permission to do it. The judge gave him permission. He flew over, and he prosecuted this particular witch doctor. It was the first time in history there in that country that an abusive witch doctor in Uganda would be prosecuted with a life sentence. Kabi was given 50 years in prison, which was a huge victory for justice because Charlie was fearless and Bob was fearless and the judge who permitted it was fearless. And you see, love doesn't just turn the other cheek. It also turns over tables of injustice. It fights for those who can't fight for themselves. Love pushes back the darkness. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says, There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death and fear of judgment is one not yet fully formed in love. The story of Bob Goff there in Uganda doesn't end there. Matter of fact, God, through a miracle provision of a surgeon here in the States, uh, offered to give his services free for reconstructive surgery for Charlie. Well, Charlie came over here. Bob uh, obtained legal guardianship, brought him over here, had the surgery, and it was successful. So he was able to actually have kids. Bob said, the minute he attacked Charlie, Cobby became my enemy. He wasn't a little evil. He was pure evil. It's easy to talk a good game about loving your enemies until you have one. I realized if I wanted a big things to happen in my life, I needed to take bigger steps and risk more than I had before. So I decided to visit Cobby in the prison. So he made an appointment there at Luzera Maximum Security Prison in Uganda where there was 200 death row inmates. And Bob Goff goes in and he has this appointment to sit down with Cobby and he listens to Cobby and he hears his story of some of the abuses that were done to him. Everybody has a story, right? And after talking to Cobby, Bob uh, ends up having this question asked to him. He said, Bob, I want to put the full weight of trust in this Jesus that you know. I want to know Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. And so Bob said, I didn't really know what to do in that moment, but I decided to pray with him. And he left there with Cobby becoming a Christ follower. Well, he waited months. Maybe it was up to a year. He comes back to visit Cobby. And he goes into the prison again, and he finds Cobby talking to, boldly sharing his faith in Jesus with other death row inmates. And Cobby is baptizing various people. And Bob is just perplexed that this is going on, but he was also shocked. Bob said in that moment, standing in the prison courtyard, I didn't see a witch doctor I, that I helped convict. I saw Jesus standing barefoot in Cobby's clothes. I saw a guy who was becoming love. 
See, God doesn't just view sinners as someone to chase down and to prosecute or punish. That God views sinners as someone worth finding and redeeming. God goes after sinners not to pay them back, but to win them back. Jesus stopped and he had conversations with criminals and with cheats. Jesus stopped and he touched the sick when nobody else would. Jesus called children to himself when adults wanted children put off into the corner. He lifted up the poor. Jesus taught us that poverty of spirit is actually a good thing. He dignified and empowered women when the culture would not. Everywhere he went, he elevated people. He broke down walls. He came against stigmas and glass ceilings. And he didn't just talk about love or teach about love. He showed love. He showed it in very real ways, doing what was best for others. See, loving those who are able to pay you back. Jesus said, even, even pagans do that. Love those who can't pay you back. Love those who will never thank you. Love those who are difficult to love. Love those with different values. Love people of different religious views and different lifestyles. Why do that? Because that's how God loves. And when we love like God, we become more like him. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Jesus told us that when we love people who can't repay us, we become more like him. You remember what he said in Matthew 25. Jesus said, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty. You gave me a drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit. I was in prison and you came to me. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. When we reach out in practical ways and we love sacrificially and we love radically to people that oftentimes we have a tendency to think maybe they don't deserve it, Jesus is saying, you're actually loving me in that moment. So who is our neighbor? Well, our neighbor may be the person that lives next door, but it also might be a refugee that has been fleeing persecution in their own country and have come here to get reestablished. Your neighbor might be a teenager hurting because they found themselves in an unwanted pregnancy, confused and ashamed, wondering, what are my options? What do I do next? Your neighbor may be a homeless man or woman wondering, where do I go so that I don't freeze tonight? My neighbor is the man on the street yelling and screaming and flailing his arms because he's mentally ill. Our neighbor might be that special needs person with a disability, or that neighbor also might just be someone who's in the cubicle right next to you. God so loved the world that he gave. So now's our opportunity to unleash a wave of generosity in our community and to the world. This is going to be fun, and we all get to participate in this together. So here's how it works. We're going to ask, we have asked, I've already asked some of the strategic partners that we have in our community who run various outreaches and ministries and charities, and they're already vetted, which is one of the uh, 
important pieces of this, right? People that you can trust, people that we support. And we asked them two questions. We said, what would make a big difference for you? And the second question was, what would help you make a big difference? See, as we wanted them to think, if you were to dream about your future, if you were to have some extra funds to help you, what would you do that would make a larger impact in our city? Now, we didn't give them any guarantees that we were going to give anything, but we, I just wanted to know so that I could bring it to us here as a church and say, what could we do? Wouldn't it be cool if we could raise enough money to bless all of these various strategic partners that we have, there's 10 of them, and, uh, and, and see what happens. So I'm going to ask all of us to participate in some way. Matter of fact, the goal is $25,000 today. Uh, last year, we had 25000 as our goal. We actually exceeded it because we received 27000 And we did that through just setting a goal out there of $40 per person. If just every person would give $40, we would actually reach that particular goal if 100% of everybody participated. And the cool thing is there's no shipping or handling. We're not keeping any of the money. Every penny that is brought in will go out to bless our city. Now, I know that for some, uh, $40 is a, a lot to ask right now. So no guilt, no pressure. If that's you, I know you would if you could. Um, just do it, whatever you can so that all of us together can, can participate in this. And then for others, you know, $40 is a drop in the bucket. You could easily add a zero to that, maybe two zeros. Um, do whatever you feel you need to do, you know? Uh, but think about what we spend $40 on. You know, you can take your family out for a fast food meal and end up with heartburn that night, 40 bucks. You know, or those designer jeans that you wear once or twice, two months later, you hate them. Or the gym membership, you know, one month of a gym membership that you're going to somehow use maybe in January. We have all kinds of things. So let's do what we can so that we can raise that and we can just give it away. We can bless all of these various partners. Well, let me give you an example of a few of those. We can't, we don't have time to highlight all of them, but let me give you a couple examples. Surf Spokane is one of those. The mission of Surf Spokane is to share God's love with our community by serving people in need in practical ways, specifically food and clothing. Last month alone, they served 1,500 people, most of whom are single moms or children or senior citizens, refugees, or the working poor. And just at that level of 1,500 a month over the course of a year would be 18,000 people assisted and helped during the year. Serve Spokane is the third largest food bank in the county. And uh, it's right over here in our parking lot. Kathy Del Pizzo, one of our directors, told me a story that uh, just a little while ago, a lady was there. It was a very busy day. 50, she was number 52 out of 55 people. <laughs> And so she was back kind of with a grocery cart, shopping, getting the food that they wanted and she wanted. And so she asked if she could have four bags of the oranges. And they said, absolutely, take four bags of the oranges. And she started uh, crying and she asked for prayer. Kathy came over and wanted to find out what was wrong. And what she learned was that those four bags of oranges meant the world to her. It represented God's love. She has three kids, and her husband is an insulin-dependent diabetic. And so they didn't have uh, any food. So when his blood sugar fluctuates, he needs juice right away. So he's, she just said, this is such an incredible thing. And so they invited her to, to church, and, 
I love it. Every, every person who goes through has that opportunity to get some fresh cut flowers as well because of the generosity of Trader Joe's. And I've never heard of a food bank being able to do that. So if we were to help them today, uh, one of the things that they were asking for was just to maintain their glass front coolers and refrigerators to do some repairs on those as well as to purchase a motorized pallet jack. All of that would be about $4,000. Bite to Go is another program that we support. It's uh, run through Second Harvest. And uh, over 2,000 children every day go to bed hungry. These kids are considered food insecure. And so what Bite to Go does is they partner with the public schools and they provide meals for the weekend. Uh, many of the schools have free and reduced meals while they're at school, but what about on the weekend? They go home and there's no food in the cabinets. Evergreen Elementary, right over here, 60% of their population of their kids receive free or reduced priced meals. So buy to go is an awesome ministry we partner with and, and serve, we, we partner over at Evergreen. And uh, right now we're helping with 70 elementary students and we'd love it to go up to 100, so 30 more. That'd be about $4,500. Life Services is another example of a great ministry in town that we are uh, partners with. Uh, Life Services and My Choice Clinics, uh, they provide love and answers and information and care to those that find themselves in an unplanned pregnancy. Through free medical care, housing in the maternity, maternity home and host homes, post-abortion healing, and a mentor program, they seek to bring hope where there's hopelessness. Glendy Loringer, uh, the director there, uh, told me that they were meeting with a college couple through My Choice Clinic that shared that uh, they needed more options because uh, they were considering an abortion. And their parents had told them if, if they carry the baby to term and have the baby, then the parents would no longer support them through college. So they didn't know what to do. But they met up with some great people there at My Choice. The My Choice team walked them through all of their options, helped them realize that there were resources they had available to them. They performed an ultrasound, and they got permission to pray with them. And after that time, they decided to carry the baby and have the baby. And one of the staff members there at iChoice actually was there to help birth uh, and to coach and encourage the couple. They found mentors in a local church, and they also helped them find affordable childcare so they could continue their education. And unfortunately, their parents did kind of keep their particular promise was to not continue to help them through that. Christ's compassion in a very practical way. So last year, we helped them get some toilets that they needed in their maternity home. This year, they'd like new floors in the clinic. That sounds like a pretty doable thing. And new chairs for the fathers to be in a meeting room and, uh, and some help with their maternity home. That'd be about $4,000. Let me tell you quickly about Project ID. Project ID is another great example of a great ministry reaching out to those with physical and mental disabilities. Project ID, which is an organization who uh, helps with education and Special Olympics and socialization, and even a church launched there out of our church. It's called Friendship Church, and uh, we helped plant that particular church. They're still meeting today. We'd love to help them sponsor their Christmas dinner for everybody that is a part of their ministry. 
Many people with special needs have no family to help them during the Christmas time, and this would be such an easy and practical way to show the love of God. UGM Women and Children's Shelter. We support two rooms over there that we helped uh, sponsor at the Women's Shelter, and helping them would, uh, today would actually help them to serve more women, uh, get, off, get off the streets with their children, and find jobs. World Relief is another one of these ministries that we support, and uh, they help resettle uh, those that are fleeing religious and political persecution. They have settled, resettled 10,000 people in our city over the years, and, uh, but of course the funding has been incredibly cut uh, over the last couple years, and so resources that we could help provide to them would help them continue to reach out and, and welcome those that are coming in and uh, wanting Spokane to be their home. And then lastly, let me just mention this one. This is one we haven't done before, and it's Bob Goff's ministry called Love Does. And uh, so he reaches out into various countries, and he fights against human trafficking. And one of the really unique, unusual things is this witch doctor school, where he brings in traditional healers and witch doctors. He teaches them to read, to write, to learn new skills, to get actual real employment, and to process some of their own issues that are in their life and the abuses in their own life. And he, of course, trains them, too, of the strict laws against trafficking and sacrificing children. But it's about how do you get into the systemic piece of this and actually uh, bring real transformation. These are just a few of the ministries that we support uh, regularly, but we'd like to do something extra for them today through this. So... If, uh, if you need more time than just today, feel free to take the next couple days, pray about it. If you can, uh, through our website or uh, coming into the church, make that happen before the end of the week so that we can announce our giving next week would be awesome. So here are the options, and I'm going to let you go. Uh, Northchurch.net is our website. You can go right there, go to the giving link. And make sure and do the drop-down that says love your neighbor because everything that comes in through that is going to go out. Text GIVE to 509-904-0933. And uh, that is a great way to just give through texting. And then they'll, once you text the word GIVE, you'll get a link back. And then from there, again, do the drop-down, love your neighbor. Out in the lobby, we have multiple tables, some with green balloons, some with white. If you intend to give cash or check, go to one of the green balloon tables. If you intend to give through debit, uh, go to one of those that have white. And they have a square thing that will just read your debit or credit card, and you can give that way. So those are the, those are the ways to give. I want to pray for us and uh, know that you're, the kids' ministry, they're chilling with your kids. They're safe. They're fine. Take your time. You can stay in the service to do this if you want to use the website or text or go out into the lobby as well. And uh, we have a solid 10 minutes still before you need to go get your kids. So God, thank you for this church. Lord, I am so proud and so privileged and so thankful to be a part of such a generous group of people that I get to belong here and I get to be a part. So Lord, would you help us as we process this to see that, that the kind of love you want from us isn't just through giving money, but it's through our time. It's through our life. It's through our service. It's through our attitudes. It's through our actions. So God, help us live into that every day. Thank you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, have a great week. If you're new or newer to the church, uh, Kirsten and myself will be right over by this TV. Prayer's over here. God bless you. We'll see you next week.